Okay. Uh, hi. So I was gonna put Chips Enough's music on because I was right, uh, but I can't get it to work, so I'm just gonna sing it. Steve's gonna be my backup singer. Right, I ready, am. Steve. Yeah. Ready. And fight okay. like a tiger. Stop. Walk in the park. Yeah. Play the hero till Whoa, you who? die. Till you die. Fly like an eagle. Soar Whoa. through the sky. Sky. Uh, uh, oh, uh, oh, uh, live free until you die. There we go. I got it. That was a good movie. No way. I'm thinking of live free and die hard. Okay, I'm going to mute the microphone again. <laughs> We're... We're in. We're we're all the way in now. Okay. Well, we have 15 seconds to kill. Okay. So I. Uh, man. Do, do you want to try singing it one more time? No. Never. <laughs> never. I never want to do that again. Why not? Because you don't want to fly uh, like people, an eagle. All right. Countdown's the people over. People deserve better. Countdown's over. <laughs> Man, this episode's off to a great start. Hi, everybody. Welcome back for another episode of the Best of Five show. Uh, this is the November episode. Just the one. We're not doing this again for the rest of the month, apparently, because I can't write the number five. Rip intro? Damn. Oh, I have... Why did I have the intro turned on? Okay, well, whatever. Uh, this week on the show, I don't even have the doc pulled up, but I was right. Suck my dick. Everybody that said I was wrong. Uh, they announced chips enough at Southeast Asia majors. You're, you're really feeling yourself on this one. Just passive aggressively or aggressively as that one was. Uh, we're going to talk about Canada cup. Zowie fuck somebody else over. Cool. Thanks Zowie or Ben Q, whoever you are. Um, we got some new characters. we got some new shenanigans. Uh, but most importantly, I was right. And I think that's uh, that's a lesson we can all learn from. Before we get to all that, though. Oh, uh, my bald spot was on the other side. Well, it's not a bald spot. It's just a receding hairline. Get your shit together, are we? Yeah. All right. See, either way. Uh, at least you have a hairline. It's... Mine is so far receded, it's, it's retreated completely. Oh, I mean, look. It's a struggle. It's a struggle, Steve. But it's high. But it's high. You know why? Why? Because we're we're alive, and it is a Tuesday, and we're about to have some fun on the show. The show's going to be fucking crazy. Is it? Yes. Okay. It's going to be fucking crazy, because I was right. I will take your word for it. I'm guessing you want me to do a recap, don't you? I do want you to do a recap, but I just want to <laughs> remind everybody that I was indeed right. right. Okay, oh. let's go to the recap. Let's go to the recap. Uh, starting out with with the Street Fighter League uh, on both sides of the Pacific. Uh, on the U.S. side, everything is settled in terms of who's going to be in the playoffs. Uh, Team Gale with a 3-0 win over Team Storm to lock up the number one seed in the playoffs. But Storm, Inferno, and Frost have also locked up their spots. Uh, Inferno, the last to do it with a 3-1 win over Team Psycho. So those four teams will play for uh, a spot in the World Finals and uh, a big chunk of change. 90,000, if I remember correctly. I, th I thought you said a big chunk of cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> 
That might also be on the line. I don't know what's going on. Big here. chunk of cheeks on the line, everybody. Big chunk of cheeks. Uh, but yeah. So Team Gale, the other three teams will be fighting to avoid Team Gale in that first round matchup. So seeding very important. You don't want to be that four seed. Uh, going to the Japan side of things, we are through six rounds of the Japanese League, and Fudo Squad Team Gaia holds a narrow lead over both Scarlet and Goal. One point separating all three of those teams. Uh, Team Ocean in trouble. They are in last place after a 2-2 tie to Aurora and a 3-1 loss to Gaia. So they had a chance to jump up in the standings, failed to take it. They've still got some time to turn things around, but it is going to be a hard road. Man, it's just like the real ocean. They're in danger. Everyone's in danger. Yeah, the real ocean's going to die. But we're not on the gold standard here. We're on the Gaia standard. Yeah, that's true. So it's not quite. Um, Speaking of gold, if you are a fan of Soul Calibur, this was a golden weekend for you. Hell yeah. We had the Soul Calibur World Invitational. This was the culmination of a, a series of events oh, wait, uh, that had. Go ahead. Sorry, I just pulled okay? up the wrong. I pulled up the wrong thingy because I'm a dummy. But go ahead. It's all right. Um, but yeah, this was. We had seven players who were in who earned their places in uh, the final. The last spot was awarded in a last chance qualifier, and that was won by Party Wolf. Uh, good weekend for uh, Team Acceleration here with three of the top four finishers, uh, Rich Sticks and Boom, joining the champion in the top four. This was in uh, this was in L.A., right? This was in Vegas. Oh, Vegas. Well, dang. Yeah, this was. Yeah, this was at the esports. Uh, Arena. Was it the Luxor, I think? Yeah, Esports Arena at Luxor yeah. where they had Capcom yeah. Cup last year. Yeah. Where Delta Funky Homo Sapiens sang that one song where it was like, you got to wash your ass if you want to, or else which you get is... funky. And also president of the world, which somehow is still not out on Spotify. Yeah. Despite being an awesome song. But that's neither here nor there. What is here or there is Party Wolf. He is here atop the last chance qualifier, and he is there in the finals. He actually finished tied for fifth along with Shen Chan. Uh, Evo champion Yutoto ended up tied for seventh with Keeve uh, in the final. But it was the man from France skill. He takes it over Blue God, who had himself a heck of a run uh, to win the title and take home Ten thousand dollars cash. Not a bad weekend for him. Man, it's been what ten years, and it's still France versus USA for this game. It's well, you got Mexico, you got Singapore, you got Japan. Um, you're seeing global talent all over. Yeah, that is true. We've got, yeah, we've got killers all over the place. So, dang, is I, I I wasn't able to check out a lot of this. Um, I was homesick, so I I was able to watch stuff, but I wasn't you know, able to be super, super attentive to a lot of it. Well, I mean, maybe you should stop getting sick. Well, I mean, get sick enough so you have to stay home, but not sick enough that you can't pay attention. It's about finding that balance, and I have not found that balance. Yep. Uh, Let's let's talk Tekken, though. Uh, We are getting down to the wire. Uh, We had the final challenger event of the season. Uh, 
down in Argentina for TXT. This is the South American event that uh, changes hosts every year. So it's in a different country every year. Argentina was the host. Um, and a bit of news up top. Uh, Leo Chavez from Brazil taking it over John Dick. It keeps up the perfect record of South Americans winning TXT, but it's the first time someone from outside Peru won that event. Ooh, history. Yeah. Four-time champion Abel Del Maestro getting third, picking up 70 crucial points for him. Uh, Saint getting fourth. Uh, you look outside the top 16, or to- outside the top eight, Kuiper coming over from Spain and getting ninth. Uh, there are some killers here in South America, and we'll see there are uh, some very talented players elsewhere as well because in addition to this, there was a ton of attention on a dojo event this weekend. Yeah, Takra was. Cup. Takra Cup. I was able to watch uh, most of Top 8 for this live. Uh, this was the event, the dojo event in Pakistan. And you had some very talented players from the rest of Europe come over, including Fergus, a two-time Tekken World Tour finalist. Super Akuma, who's in the top 10 uh, in the global standings right now, also a multi-time World Tour finalist. Gosain, one of the best players in the UK. None of those players made top 32. Shocking. Well, is it shocking? I, I, I think... You know, you could probably say, like, if one or two, one of those people got dropped early, you'd think, okay, you know, it was a tough tournament. Maybe they got a bad draw. But all three of those guys just showing, just shows the depth of the talent that Pakistan has. The level of play out there is much higher than, it's not just, we're we're finding out that it's not just a wise honey. It's not just Arslan Ash, it's not just a teeth. It's the talent runs deep. We're all screwed. They're all We're coming all for screwed. our Tekken. And the worst part is they all know the Akuma matchup. Yep. <laughs> Six of the top eight uh, finishers used Akuma in this top eight. Uh, it was won by a teeth, but picks up another hundred crucial points. Uh, a Wyatt's Honey getting third, uh, which are, which is very important, and I'll show you why in a little bit. Uh, but you had Hira, Hira doing well, uh, Kashif Snake, Zarnab Sheikh doing well. A uh, lot of talented players uh, beyond just the ones who have been able to go out and uh, attend some of these bigger Tekken World Tour events. Hey, uh, just a quick question. <laughs> Are the yes. two people that didn't pick Akuma tied for seventh? For the No. Okay. Well, one of them is. <laughs> Ryuk was, and then, who was it? I think it was... Was it CH? Okay. I, I, I forget who the other was. Uh, the John used Akuma for at least one matchup, but he was uh, mostly Marduk. Okay. I just thought it would be really funny if we had six Akumas in top eight <laughs> and the two people who didn't pick Akuma tied for seven. That's the fear <laughs> if we go into Tekken World Tour Finals. Yep. Um, also, I, I almost forgot about this. Uh, thank you to Imationer for reminding me. Uh, because this was sponsored by UYU, uh, they ran a, a side promotion where the top non-sponsored finisher would get flown out to the Tekken World Tour uh, last chance qualifier. Ooh, so is that the John? That is the John. He is going to be in uh, Singapore for the TWT finals trying to get that last spot. Dude, that's pretty dope. Uh, 
several people trying to earn their ticket uh, without having to rely on the last chance qualifier. Um, if you look at the bottom of that middle column, that fight for the last spot, Rest won a dojo event in Korea, if I remember correctly, this weekend. So he is on that last spot. Saint is only one point ahead. And then right behind him, Awaya's Honey and John Ding tied uh, just 25 points out. So every point is going to be important. And there's only two weekends left of action. Damn, Awaya's Honey went to two events and is almost <laughs> qualified. Well, yeah, well, I mean, you look at uh, number 27, it's Heath Butt. Yeah, he only, He's... yeah, he won, what was it? He won the most recent one? Yeah, mm-hmm. he won uh, Tokyo Tech Investors. Yep. Uh, he won this one. He's he, Those are the only two events he was able to go to. He was supposed to be at Rev. Uh, he was one of those players that was supposed to be at uh, uh, Rev Major, mm-hmm. but got hit by uh, immigration services. So, Can, so it's gonna, go ahead. I was, first of all, hi, everybody. I'm sorry that I'm late. I had an emergency work call. Uh, so I just jumped in here. But can I say how fucking great the the story for Tekken is right now? Like, with this kind of stuff going on, uh, already the whole game, as far as the competitive esports side of it was going, was it's like getting bigger and bigger and all of these new dojo events and like it's just so hyped to watch and, and all of this stuff. And then on top of that, you get this narrative like that, that Pakistan was like the secret God country for Tekken. And then all of these players are coming out, like setting the bar just so much higher than we thought was possible. And there's so much action. It's very much become the game to watch uh, and not to take away from the others, but Tekken is doing it amazingly well right now and even people that don't normally watch this game have a reason to chat to to, you know to check it out even if you don't know all the intricacies like the storylines that are emerging for it all of this it's like it's a really good look for tekken right now and i'm excited for it yeah and i mean even beyond the story for uh the pakistani players you've got you've got players like shadow 20z who's made the leap this year Mm. he's in qualifying position you've got Abeldo Maestro continues to be to show that uh, Peru and South America in general have great players. Uh, you, you've got so much going on right now that, you know, th- there's a good story pretty much everywhere you look. Yeah. Are, yeah. are Jimmy J and Anakin the only sole U.S. representatives up there? Uh, Shadow is. Oh, Shadow 20 is right above Jimmy J. Tran. I'm an idiot. Yeah. I can't read. So those are the only three Americans right now in qualifying position. Mm-hmm. Uh, Speed Kicks is the closest, but uh, Joey Fury actually won, won a dojo. Uh, so if he if he has a great run in Atlanta in a couple weeks, you know, who knows? Wait, what's in Atlanta in a couple weeks? Uh, DreamHack Atlanta. Oh, is that a that's a challenge? No, uh, that's the master event. Oh, that's master. the final master okay. event of the year. Oh, so. that's gonna man, that's gonna be packed. So it, it, it's going to be nuts. Uh, let's keep it moving, though. We had there was an event that kind of snuck under my radar. Mm-hmm. Uh, next autumn, twenty nineteen. This is uh, a big esports event in China, and part of that was a King of Fighters fourteen tournament where the top two finishers 
would qualify for the SNK World Championship. And it was a double dip for Team Sanwa. Uh, M-Dash taking it over teammate uh, Lagia to get the top two places. They are both headed to the SNK World Championships next year uh, at the expense of Xiao Hai, who finished third. Oh, before we move on, there is something we forgot to do. Uh, Earlier in the show, we got a notification that Streaming on the Corner is now subscribed for three months in a row. So thank you, Streaming on the Corner. Thank you. Much appreciated. Sorry for forgetting you. Sorry for missing the notification. I apologize. I didn't miss it, but I forgot. I saw it, and I was well, like, hey, we should do that, and then I forgot. I I missed it, so I apologize for missing it. I apologize for Elon screwing things up. Yep, and I'm going to just apologize for John for being John. Which is thank, pretty thank you. safe. <laughs> All I'm right. Um, that actually wasn't the only SNK event of the weekend, because Canada Cup... Uh, the big, big tournament in uh, Calgary was also part of the SNK World Championship Series. Uh, looking at how their King of Fighters tournament played out, Score got himself another win. Uh, he had won- he'd already qualified for the uh, finals by winning at Ultimate Fighting Arena. So this, so his spot actually drops down to El Rosa, who finished second. So El Rosa is heading to the world finals. Uh, you see a stack top eight there. Shout outs to Smosler for ninth. Hell yeah. Get those points. He, uh, there's no points. Well, he's on the graphic. That's a point. That's that's a point. <laughs> because guess what? And and you notice how there's only one person tied for ninth. Yeah. Because this is the entire tournament. Yep. Oh. That was the entire bracket right there. Oh, we were talking about this last week. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, Elon, you were supposed to be ninth. I I when couldn't sign, sign up? up anymore. The registration oh, it was ended. Too late. You know what's very funny? Uh, so Efren was actually in Canada. Uh, because he had to do some work. It was the Canadian Rodeo Finals, and uh, our company was covering it. And uh, he tried his best to be there to see if there was, uh, <laughs> registration at the door, but he couldn't make it at the end of the day. No, sad no. times. He could have gotten top nine. Could have. Probably not in Sam's show, though. That was a little more contested. Uh, it was also a part of the SNK World Championship qualifiers. So, excuse me. So the winner of this would also head to Japan for that event. And, well, once again, second verse, same as the first score. Got the win, just as he did at Ultimate Fighting Arena. He is... He got the double dip, two trophies for him. Uh, so second place finisher, Chris G, will be headed to Japan with the the to represent this event. Uh, you see Andy OCR making top three. Mr. Crimson and Alex Valle in top six as well, as well as uh, Justin Wong rounding out the top eight. Man, AG still around in the FGC? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I forgot Chris everything. Is. They, they are definitely oh, still a thing. Yeah. Um, was So there was no top nine? Was this the entire tournament? or did you... No, this okay. was, I want to say, there were 34 or 44. Oh, okay. If I remember. So, uh, But okay. the big event in Canada Cup was obviously Street Fighter V. This was the final premiere event of the season. So you had quite a few players 
looking to pick up some big chunks of points. And the player who grabbed the biggest chunk was the one who needed it the least. Yep. Tokido taking it over Oil King in the grand final to win his second straight Canada Cup title. Uh, Sien getting some more breathing room with his third place finish. Mago in top four as well. Justin Wong desperately needed uh, a really deep run if he was to qualify for Capcom Cup. Uh, fifth place is a nice chunk, but he'll, he'll need a lot of help if he goes to the North America Regional Final. So, which well, sounds like he will. Well, uh, is he? Because I remember seeing on Twitter he was talking about not doing it. I mean, uh, if, if I remember correctly, he was not going to the last chance qualifier. Oh, okay. Okay. So, yeah. Because I mean, the... look, at the end of the day, he's got a kid now. And yeah, as we all kind know, of important. Yeah, as we all know, when that happens, priorities change very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> Not to the fault of the person who birthed said kid. So I probably uh, could have so- worded that a little better, but we'll we're gonna leave it. <laughs> you see Sako and Nemo also getting uh top eight. They desperately needed the points. That was kind of the story heading into this top eight. The top the players in top four were or on the winner's side heading into top eight, we're all safe on uh, in terms of qualification. The ones in the loser side were all in danger, especially Sako and Nemo. Uh, Justin obviously was a little further back, but uh, you see Dogra, Nemo, Sako. Um, and if we look at the global standings, you see all three of them are still in white. They have not clinched yet. They're all above the cut line. Uh, Dogra pretty much safe. It would take a miracle to keep him out at this point. Same with John Takeuchi. Uh, but you see Nemo in 23rd at 925. He's, he's over 100 points above the cut line. You see Sako at 885, only 75 above the cut line. Uh, you see Luffy at 845, uh, just 35 points above the cut line. And keep this in mind, the top... You know, topped 192 uh, at the open premiere at the NA Regional Final get points. As of right now, there are about 100 players entered. So everyone who goes is guaranteed around 10 points, if not 20. Man, is is a $50 joke worth it <laughs> to sign up and not go just to get the points? You, you, you would have more points than me. So I mean, you can sign up too, but it's still like fifty bucks or however many. It's probably a little higher than that. (laughs) So you know, it's interesting. Uh, Remember earlier in the in the year, it was eight hundred one Strider. I think after he won, um, it was at Northwest Majors. He said, "I'm in Capcom Cup," uh, and and Steve was one to say, "Well, you're pretty far in there, but you haven't quite clinched yet." And now he's on the bubble. He is the first person out as of right now. What's also interesting, look right behind him. Wait. If you can pull up that graphic again. It's coming, it's coming. There we are. Two players tied for 29th Itabashi Zangief and Kichi Palma. Wow. They are both uh, tied, not just for 29th, but tied for the top Asian spot outside of the top 27. And if you'll remember, Fujimura won the Asia Regional Finals, so his spot top passes down. Wait, is Takamura? So, I thought Takamura got that. Takam, that's the European spot. 
Oh, okay, cool. So that's the other thing to keep in mind. So Fujimura's spot will drop down to one of those Asian players. Uh, the, those two have the inside inside track. If one of them, what happens if they finish tied? Like if they both finish tied for 13th and no one else passes them? Who knows? Uh, Takamura's spot depends on Luffy. Luffy is the last man in right now on global points. If he stays above the cut line, uh, the European spot goes down to Takamura. If he drops out, the European spot goes to Luffy. So Luffy isn't playing for himself this week. Damn. Well, look yeah. out, Tekken. We got some more storylines coming from the Street Fighter arena. And uh, next week, we'll actually... Di- dive into more of the clinching scenarios and the specific things players have to do to lock up their spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you have more on this, uh, on the CPT this weekend and, and such Steve, or are you going to um, move on? I wasn't planning on it. If, if you, if you wanted to bring something up, we can definitely do that. I, I had a question uh, for you guys, actually, for for Elon and Steve, because I'm you know I'm watching these uh, tournaments and such, and and through a specific lens, I focus a lot of my um, my writing on Street Fighter because that's like you know the game that I play and such, and and uh, so but I wanted from your point of view, we we had a Rashid and Akuma Grand Finals for the how who knows how manyth time, and there's so many of those characters. Um, popping up and we're getting close to the end of the year here and, and like change is coming but i wanted to know from your point of view like are you guys tired are you fatigued at the same characters that we continue to see in a lot of the uh later parts of street fighter brackets or is that not really a thing for you is it is it fine and you're just more looking at the play and, and the way the players are, are doing what they're doing or are you like oh another rashid oh another akuma things along those lines and that, that's to the chat as well. Like, how do you guys feel? Are you tired of seeing char- certain characters in the, um, you know, top eights? Steve, my, 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 yeah, my personal take is it doesn't bother me all that mm-hmm. much. Um, you're seeing high-level play. I, I think what bothered me at the end of Street Fighter Four wasn't that we saw, you know, a bunch of Elenas, but that Elena herself was a very repetitive, very... Yes, It I wasn't... Agree. It, she was good in a way that was not fun to watch. Mm-hmm. So when we saw a bunch of her, um, it wasn't, you know, it was harder to stomach than seeing, you know, three of a different character in a, in the same top eight. So I, I don't, for me, it's not an issue. Um, we're starting to deal with that in Tekken. Uh, if like like I mentioned earlier, I might have been before you jumped on, but uh, Takra Cup had six or five players who were exclusively Akuma plus one uh, used Akuma for one matchup. So we're not at the, those levels yet here. Mm-hmm. I, I'll yeah. chime in myself that because uh, this has been something we've been talking about, like on the Event Hubs podcast and then in like the Event Hubs, uh, you know, like channels and such just for work. And uh, and, and because it is an esport. It is a presentation. A lot of people are watching this, and you want to make sure that those that are maybe are not as uh, competitively minded and don't know the, all the intricacies that are going on, don't pick up on them. They're entertained too. And one of the ways you would achieve that is to have a character variety. I personally like. I, I'm. It's not a huge problem for me personally, but coming from the point of view of you need to keep things fresh if you're going to be a spectator sport, kind of a thing is where I'm coming from. Okay. Can, can we? Let me. Let me add my point here now uh can let's take a look at the top eight of canada real quick 
at Canada Cup. So we have Tokido playing Akuma. We have Oil King doing uh, Rashid. Who does Tian play? Ibuki. Ibuki. Uh, Mago played Karen, I'm assuming. Uh, Dogura playing Urien still? Dogura's playing Bison now. Bison. Okay. But I, but he but he has a pocket Urien that comes out sometimes too, and I didn't see, but I, okay. I assume Bison. Justin Wong, I'm assuming he's still rocking Minot. Poison. No, he actually rocked Poison. Poison. Cool. Uh, Nemo yeah. rocking, uh, what's his name? Urien? Urien. And Sako probably rocking... Minot. Uh, okay, Minot. Um... I don't know, man. That seems like pretty varied to me. Oh, it's. I, I, I mean, I, that's an example of a very, very top eight. Yes. Yeah. Go ahead, Steve. And I enjoyed watching that poison. You know, um, just. You know what? I'm not going to finish that sentence. Okay. I'm not going to finish that sentence. Now, with that same thing, and this is not something that I have pre-planned. I'm literally just looking at this with you guys right now, uh, trying to decipher this. Uh, let's look at the the like actual standings. Uh, so we have Punk and Bonchan, two Karen players. Tokido, uh, Rocket Nakuma, Fudo, who's like Birdie Mika, uh, Fujimura, who's still rocking, uh, what's her face? Buki still, right? Yep. Uh, Big Bird, Rashid, yep. Problem X, Bison, Momochi, who's a Zeku player now, I think. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're, you're seeing a bunch of strong characters, but you're also seeing strong players with those characters. Right. But it's all varied. Like, if I would have seen, like, top like the first five the top five they were all karen players if they're all uh rashid players then yeah i would have been like okay maybe this is getting a little little stale and a little suspect but like i don't know man look uh at the end of the day that's me personally that stuff doesn't really bother me all that much uh i think mostly because like you know you you watch you watch the gameplay you don't watch the character right uh and because of the way street fighter is like everybody kind of has different tendencies and they're very obvious to spot if that are you saying the characters are really just functions yes yeah makes sense uh but with that said uh i can totally i could i could totally see the point of being like oh here comes another fucking karen woo crouching medium kick and the tanko and the whatever else um like i get it but me personally, that doesn't bother me at all. Well, and, and another big, we don't have to stay on this topic for too long, but one other thing is uh, we, we'll run um, like top 64, sometimes depending on the tournament size, we'll, we'll run uh, character usage stats and see how many people used, you know, Rashid and, and well, everybody mm-hmm. um, on the roster in the top 64, sometimes top, you know, 120s, whatever. And, and, uh, and like Rashid far outweighs. And like last season, there were so many camis, things like that, where yeah. uh, looking at that data, it's not just in the top eights that we're talking about, although that's it's a significant portion of the racket in its own right. But um, even the matches leading up, there's a lot of, uh, mm-hmm. well, now it's all Rashid usage for the most part, but uh, there's a lot of Karen stuff too. So um, that's another aspect of it all to look at, um, that, that Rashid is super popular, almost always the most popular character in those um, analysis pieces but yeah. yeah well and here's the other thing too uh like we're very late stage to street fighter 5 at this point like this game has been yeah. out for what like three four years four years almost so if if we're gonna make the comparison to older street fighters like when we were getting to the end of like a uh, oh, third street, strike yeah. we're gonna third strike yeah happening. exactly like third strike if we were getting to the end of like even like uh arcade edition or uh ultra it's like you, you start figuring out what the good stuff is and not just for, like, the good stuff character-wise, but the character that, you know, can play the game in a way that's easier. And well, not necessarily easier, but uh, the character that can play in a way that is uh, more conducive to doing better. Yeah. Right. But and, even and... still, we're, I, I don't think we're at a point 
where we're deleting a whole bunch of characters no. from the character select screen. No, like no. look at fucking Kichipamu. Yeah. Look at Brutus yeah. a couple weeks ago we, at NEC. We have one of those two Zangiefs will be in Capcom Cup almost certainly. Wait, which? what's the other Zangief? Uh, he doesn't. He's not well, a Zangief anymore. Not anymore, <laughs> but he is in my heart. Yeah, he and it is fun for... Heart. Yeah. Um, if the two Zangiefs are right there behind Strider, right there behind the cutoff line, that's a fun little story too. So, dude, wouldn't it be crazy just... if uh, if uh, Itazan or Kichipamu made it into the berth to get into Capcom Cup, like they got in by points, and then the other one got in by uh, the Asia spot? That's that's, that'd be, uh, that'd be that's the a very real possibility ever. as well. You know, yeah. I mean, and that's not to say that like. There are characters that are borderline impossible to play in a tournament setting. I mean, borderline impossible is not the right word. Uh, I think I'm exaggerating a little bit. There are characters, there are characters that, you, that don't do as well. Yeah, and you have to work your ass off to do, like, a quarter of what other characters do, right? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, like, at the end of the day, it's like, you know, the street, the street Fighter. Like, how many <laughs> Ibu Ryu Elena matches did we see, like, the last year of Ultra? Oh, right, God. and hopefully we just get a balance patch at the end of the year here that that shuffles the tiers up a little bit. So next year we'll see a thousand Bisons instead, something like that. Yeah, I really want to go back to beta one of Street Fighter Five. I had so much fun doing like well, two combos. You know not what you asked. No, not you. You say no. that now. No, no, I had a blast. You wouldn't Fuck enjoy it if we were playing that for. <laughs> you wouldn't enjoy it if you were playing that game for three and a half years. If that game had been out for three and a half years to get it to get to the level of solved that this game is, you would not be saying that. I you don't know me. You don't know me. Oh, uh, you, <laughs> you, you fuck yourself with your own dick right now. You get out of here with that shit. And I don't know if we're going to have a chance to mention this at uh, any part of any other part of the show, but congratulations to Fudo. Oh yeah. He oh, got yeah. married. He got married this past weekend to Yuka Kuramochi. Man, talk you about a fucking, values. Talk about a fucking yes. Cinderella story right there, man. So, so uh, if you remember, she was one of the female presenters that were was part of the infamous Dead or Alive Six presentation at Evo Japan uh, that led to the core values meet. Yeah, and, uh, and what the I think the funniest thing is uh, supposedly the word on Twitter is this is when they met. Was that photo where Fudo is just like very depressed looking, looking down at his arcade sticks, and then the two girls are taking like a selfie right in front yeah, of him? Yeah, that that was they they had, they had met long before that. They okay. actually met before yeah. Fudo was even a pro gamer. So okay. it's true love. It's not just for his esports money. So yeah. so that's not canon, but that's my head canon. Yeah, I mean, but that's also what we you know Itabashi still plays Zangief, and that's when they met. Absolutely, in our hearts. <laughs> that is a while ago then. Uh... <laughs> But either so way, congratulations. Uh, yeah, congratulations. Best wishes. Uh, I'm giving you a little clappy clap. Uh, cool. Uh, did we have anything else on the recap, Steve? Uh, yeah, there were a few other games that took place at Canada Cup. It was a good weekend for Chris G. Uh, not only did he qualify for SNK World Championship, but he also took home titles in Dragon Ball Fighters and Mortal Kombat 11. Uh, the biggest tournament of the weekend in terms of entrance was Smash Ultimate. That was won by MK Leo. But there are two names that jump out to me. Mm-hmm. Look at who won Tekken 7. Who won Tekken 7? That Bison player. Dogura. Dogura won Tekken 7. From the loser's bracket, he reset it. 
Um, and it's a dojo event, so he is on the Tekken World Tour leaderboard. Is okay. So is the takeaway here because there no one showed up for Tekken, or because Dogara suddenly got amazing at Tekken? It's a little bit of both. I mean, people. Dogra, players like that, the the players who grew up with multiple games and have focused on one to, uh, you know, because that's where, you know, that that's the best path to actually being a pro gamer and sustaining yourself. They forget how good these other players are. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't care. I don't care what level of of Tekken player is out there. If you go out to a tournament like that and win, you're 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 something. Yeah. Sure. I mean, there's 32 so, players there, or yeah. 32 plus. That's what your graphic says. The other one uh, I want to point out, Guilty Gear Xrd, Rev2. The Lord himself, Waxel. Mike Cage Crusher Ross is no more. It is now Mike Canada Crusher Ross. <laughs> he is your Guilty Gear Xrd champion. Congratulations. Uh, it's good to see him out playing and you know, enjoying himself. So yeah, awesome. he was even doing like some on camera stuff uh, when I looked. Yeah, uh, yeah, he was a cup, so. he was a special guest. So yeah, dude, that's awesome, man. It's it's super cool to see him coming back. Good times. Yeah, and he's regularly streaming now, and it's yeah. Yep. And he also made top eight in Tekken. Yeah, he's people forget. You know, people remember Mike Ross like the character, the face. Mm-hmm. People forget about Mike Ross, the player. He's really fucking good at these games yep i remember i remember him talking about uh how his first tournament ever he did not go on two i was like like i, I, res- I res- fourth place well, i respected the shit out of that because it's like you know like at anybody's first tournament like they're gonna get nervous and they're gonna go on two right but like i both respected the shit out of it and it's like also fuck you for being talented damn it i want some of that <laughs> I always thought Mike Ross was going to be so good at Street Fighter V because he was so good about reading players. Like, he knew when to jump. He knew when to command grab. That was the style all the time. If you looked at I played in, like, Cross Tech End and Street Fighter IV, and I was like, oh, no, this is Mike Ross's game. But then, obviously, it wasn't. But Yeah, I mean, he could probably be good if he wanted to put the time in. Yeah, well, I mean, at the end of the day... pretty clear that he didn't want to. At the Mm. end of the day, it's like that one Chips Enough song lyric. It's all a game of chance. Don't overthink it. You're just not going to get off of that art. Look, I was right. Uh, <laughs> speaking of being right, Steve, we have a couple of events coming up in the, in the next week, right? Yes, one of them I might actually get to go to. Uh-oh, to be crossed. sick. Uh-oh. So, uh, this weekend, or this week, uh, leading up to the weekend, we obviously have Street Fighter League the last round of the regular season on Thursday for the U S league, Japan's round seven and eight this week as well. Uh, we've got some big events going down around the world in Dubai. We've got the master event Tekken world tour or rocks and roll uh, rocks and roll Dubai. Excuse me. So that's the next to last master event of the season there. Uh, you've got this weekend, the next to last event of the dragon Ball fighters world tour in the Spain saga, you've got a Korean qualifier for the SNK World Championship at PlayStation Arena, and you've got a pair of Red Bull Conquest events uh, in Seattle and uh, Minneapolis-St. Paul. That's going to be at the Mall of America. 
Oh, dang. So. Isn't that like the biggest America in the world or something? Or, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, the biggest mall. <laughs> <laughs> it's the biggest America in the world. Oh, my God. I'm Look. Pretty soon we'll have a biggest America in the mall. But right now, malls are still smaller than America. Look, I want you to understand how tired I was yesterday when I went to bed. Usually my bedtime routine is I'll lay down. I'll look at my phone. I'll plug it in. I'll go to bed. I laid down. I went to bed. And I did not wake up with my alarm because of it. Because I forgot to put Guys, I'd, I'd just like to apologize uh, for Alon on his own behalf. No, don't, you don't apologize for me. You apologize for yourself. You did that to me earlier, Yeah, Dick. and I don't see your point. I was right. Say your next thing, Steve. Um, I was just going to say it's the biggest mall in the U.S. It is not the biggest mall in the world. I believe Edmonton has beat it. And I think maybe uh, King of Prussia. Uh, it's... the Pennsylvania Mall might have beat it as well. King of Prussia. Mm, I I've been to King of Prussia. That mall is whack. Well, that's the thing about big balls. You know, it, it not not to take anything away from them, but once you've been there a couple times, it's just a really big mall. It's like almost the same thing you'd see in, you know, at any other mall. Just a lot of it. Man, I also remember at King of Prussia, I went to a GameStop at, like, I think it was, like, 2006, and I bought Fight Night Round 3 used, hmm. and then that shit didn't work, and I was so pissed, but luckily, I could exchange it at another GameStop, but, and I and that was the last time I went to King of Prussia, I'm never going back there again, so fuck that So you 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 hate the entire mall because one disc at one GameStop didn't work? Yes. That makes sense. Fuck you for wasting my time, GameStop. I mean, I think we can all accurately and truthfully say, fuck you for wasting my time, GameStop. Yes. But... For sure. All right. Uh, did we have anything else on the recap, Steve? That is it. We're done. We are so done. We're done? <laughs> we're With the recap. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. Well, since we were talking about Canada Cup, let's dive into this shit, right? So, I don't know if you guys were hanging out on Twitter on Friday, uh, but Lapchi put out a couple of tweets that were very disconcerting i think uh one of which he was looking for arturo because arturo was supposed to be at canada cup but i think he wound up streaming another tournament somewhere else probably double booked himself another one being that i guess uh ben q didn't come through with delivering monitors to the tournament on the first day of the fucking tournament yeah um that was a bit of a situation on friday if you for those of you watched uh the tournament on Friday, you were expecting to see games. Instead, you saw some interviews with uh, some of the, with Mike Ross and some of the voice actors like Kerry Tagawa who were at the event. Voice actors? Kerry er, Tagawa well, is now a voice actor and also Robin Shu. Yeah. Well, and voice they had like, like they, they had like the voice of a couple of the Dragon Ball fight, Dragon Ball characters. Wait, did they really? Oh, oh, yeah. yeah they had Goku and Vegeta over there. Yeah, uh, the voice so, actors for Goku and Vegeta. So the the reason for that was because there were monitor the monitors uh, that were supposed to be there for the event didn't show up until a couple af- hours after the tournament was supposed to start. Yeah, it was like three or four hours after. Yeah, um, and Lapchi made a post uh, to the uh, Calgary FGC the night before saying, "Hey." If anyone can bring through some monitors, I'm not sure if these are coming through. 
Uh, now, obviously, with everything that Kennedy Cup went through last year and all of the issues, people weren't really going to give he, – he didn't really have much room to be given the benefit of the doubt when it came to organizational issues. Uh, but it is important to note that this is not the first event where – uh, there was an issue with whether monitors would show up or not. Uh, if you remember back at uh, Celtic, uh, Celtic Throwdown, Celtic. Mm-hmm. yes, uh, there was the issue where it got to the point where uh, a competing company said, "Hey, can we help?" Before BenQ came through and said, "No, oh, we've got we've got it covered. We've got it covered." Yeah, it was Asus. So, yes, and that's uh, that's what I have this monitor on over here. That's an Asus. I also have an Asus. I have an Acer because I'm broke. You're an Acer. You're an Ace. I'm an Ace of some sort. You all are an Ace plus in my book. Uh, But at the end of the day, Zowie's getting squirrely. And it's a cause for concern, especially because they've been helping us out. uh, By us, I mean the FGC. uh, Run some tournaments. They're always, like, one of the sponsors. They're always there. And now, like, they're kind of getting a little squirrely on us. And here's the situation. Uh, I think as a community, well, I, I think the TO is more so than the rest of the community. I think we ha- we're at a crossroads. It's like, do we accept this and not hold our sponsors to a specific standard, or do we move on? Well, here's the thing. What's the alternative? Aces. Yeah, there aren't... There aren't exactly 200 monitor companies out there looking to sponsor tournaments. Um, you know, this kind of came up on social media today uh, with people saying it's time for PC sponsors to come into the seat. Yeah. We really, right now, don't have a lot to offer those PC sponsors mm-hmm. until uh, a big game comes in and makes PC the lead platform. Yep. You know? if we're talking about like league of fighters or if one of the major pro tours mandates, Hey, going forward, we're going to run on PC until that happens. I don't think you're going to see much of a market before, you know, these big, these big uh, computer sponsors to come in and mm-hmm. provide it. So we're kind of just like, okay, this is what we got. This is what we got to deal with. Yep. Sometimes we feel bigger than I think we are. I mean, because there have been a lot of leaps and bounds that the FGC has made um, that's clear, unequivocal. But sometimes you run into these kind of issues and you realize, oh, we're not that Hollywood yet, guys. And you kind of got to take what you can get and, and make things work. And and I think that's going to happen in any growing business, especially when there are other similar entities that have gotten bigger. And you're like, well, we're like them now. It's like, ah, oh, sometimes, no, you're not. Yeah, well, here's and this the is thing. one of those instances. Here's the other thing, too. It's like, uh, you know, like, for example, during the Celtic Throwdown fiasco, uh, Asus tried to step in. And I'm pretty sure, like, if somebody at Asus had seen what happened at Canada Cup, they would have probably tried to step in again. And But the other thing somebody did mention in the chat is, like, if uh, BenQ is uh, an official sponsor of the Capcom Pro Tour, then, you know, there might be, like, some contractual obligations that are... Also, not being met, maybe, uh, but like I think you know they have a signed contract for a specific period of time. Yeah. the The other thing to mention too, and this is probably a important point of view to share because it's someone who has some knowledge of the situation. Uh, Rick Fire is in our chat, aka the Hotto, who mm-hmm. runs Combo Breaker, I and said Rick Fire, does like 
Not nah. fire. That's still a good name. That yeah, sounded like fire. He, yeah. he does like two hundred thousand things in the FGC. Yeah. I've always said Thier in my mind is Thier this whole time. Yeah. Don't tell him I anyway. Didn't know. <laughs> say the thing you're gonna say. Steve. He, he he says that he doesn't agree that we don't have an offering, um, but he thinks the bigger issue is that there are very real limits on the amount of PC fleets available for loan or rent. Hmm. Which is a very, you know, if we're talking about the number of players and the number of equipment switches that we have to do for a tournament like this compared to a lot of other esports tournaments is a very big factor that we have to uh, keep in mind. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, I think it just comes down to, like, are you talking about equipment switch like everybody coming in, plugging in their controller and then leaving afterwards? Or are you talking? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I mean that's what that's what a PC is going to have to do. Yeah. I mean, if you remember back, uh, we had a couple of CPT events that tried to run on PC, mm-hmm. and they WNL. had to switch. Yeah, Wednesday night, Wednesday fights. night fights tried to run on PC for a while, and yeah. that lasts what two weeks? No, no it was, they they, had, we yeah. <laughs> we did it for a while, but it was there were a lot of headaches. Yeah, and and they had a, an, an Alienware sponsorship too, like Alienware was mm-hmm. providing all the hardware. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where I think that's going to come down to maybe like developer support at that point. Like, I'm not sure if that's like a spe- uh, PC specific issue. I think that might just be like a straight up like game right. issue. But it's but it's going to be it's going to be tough if you know the pinnacle of Street Fighter competition is on PC or on console. Mm-hmm. If the pinnacle of Tekken competition is on console, yep. of Mortal Kombat, of DBFC. It's going to take some of those big games or a lot of smaller games to say, hey, PC is where it's at. PC is where we want our community to be. Mm-hmm. Until that happens, I don't know how big of a possibility that is. Honestly. Yeah. Well, I mean, Rick brings up a good point. Uh, you know, it's I think and I do agree with him like that a change like this specifically because at the top. Like, stuff like Capcom Pro Tour, and uh, I'm not sure about Tekken, but I do know for sure Capcom Pro Tour has, like, Sony money. They have PlayStation 4 money. Evo had PlayStation 4 money, right? So, in that sense, it's very hard for them top-down to be like, oh, we're going to step away from the Sony money and tr- go do stuff on PC for a year, right? So, it does have to, I think, I very much agree with uh, Rick, where it has to start from a local scene, much like what... Wednesday Night Fights was trying to do, and maybe that might have just been like the wrong time, yeah, to try to do it. Uh, and I hope that the trials and tribulations that Wednesday Night Fights went through is not indicative of, or it's it's both not indicative and not a deterrent to going back to PCs and trying this again. Well, and and that was a generation of Street Fighter ago, right? Because we we're doing that on Street, or we were doing Street Fighter Four with that. Uh, and, and I mean, it was obviously it was on PC. It was designed for PC, but being designed for PC back in like what 2014 is going to be very different than being designed for PC in 2019, 2020 or so. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so maybe things go a little bit smoother on that front. But I think a lot of the FGC, I know myself, every time I think about this, my mind goes to that place to trying to run at Wednesday night fights. And it wasn't a nightmare, but it certainly wasn't easy. And I don't think it was conducive for uh, doing it on like the 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 kind of scale that we're talking about here on, on bigger events. But, um, but yeah, as far as what Rick was saying there, he said, like, I, I think we have a handful of events, not a lot, but a handful that could uh, offer 
the PC company something in the way of like, you know, like a legitimate business deal that they would be intrigued by, but only a few, you know, you got like your Evos, your combo breakers, your CEOs, stuff like that. Not enough to, to really make it a mainstay kind of thing in the FGC. Um, and then Elon, what you were kind of reacting to saying that, well, it's probably more likely going to be something that starts on the local level and grows up. I could see it starting from the top level and going down in that if you were to, if, if Evo were to jump over to, um, uh, using PC and that went well, uh, and then maybe Evo and another event or two, and it starts to work at the top level, then maybe they're more willing to take a chance at, at lower levels, or, or I should say like the, the more medium levels. Right. Yeah. Uh, but, but and then Rick says, you know, I think it's probably more likely that we start from the bottom and grow from there. And and I can't argue against that either. Yeah. But either way, we're a little ways away from PC being a thing. But I think in the next generation of games, like I was getting at earlier, the just them being made more for this, it'll be it'll run more efficiently. And I think the possibilities really open up at that point. Yeah, I think the one issue with having it go from top down is uh, having that trial year the uncertainty of trying to run evo on pcs could you imagine if like shit goes yeah. wrong and the entire There's tournament a million to problems oh. yeah like that is a risk i would not like even i am a i am a gambling man and that is still shit i would not gamble on yeah even if like pcs are the future and it's the greatest thing on earth i would not make evo or like uh capcom pro tour uh Pro Tour Finals or anything like Not that. Not without right. more vetting and a, right. and a more secure... And, and, a, yeah. and a, I mean, like, an event like Evo, it would hurt financially, but they could probably have a fleet of consoles on backup. Mm. You know, they could probably afford that. An event like a Combo Breaker or CEO, they might be able to do that. What about a Midwest Championship? What about a Viennality? What about, you know, events that aren't, like, the major, major things? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The... That's the other issue is that, you know. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you go ahead. Another thing I was going to bring up is we were just talking about this last week about how one tournament has an off year and doesn't run very smooth and people are very quick to abandon it, much like what happened at Canada Cup. Yeah, what, so, with final round as well. Yeah, final round. 16. It's like, so I, I think it's a very scary thing for anybody to like try to make that switch, at least at this point. Uh, but, you know. I, I think it'll be one of those things where, like, one person's going to find the right, right way to do it, and we're all going to follow suit. Oh, well, we'll, we'll, we'll see once uh, League of Thrones comes out, because yeah. I think that's going to be the tipping point. Yeah, and you're going to get, yeah, 100%. Um, I did want to ask before we moved on, because this kind of came back up, and I meant to talk about it earlier. At the beginning of the weekend, and leading into the weekend for Canada Cup, Everyone was talking about how big of a disaster it was last year and how that was probably uh, reflected in the lower numbers that we saw this year. And then on Friday, the Ben Q thing happens, and it just looked like it was going to be an absolute shit show for the whole weekend. Cut to the end of the weekend, it probably wasn't the best tournament that has ever been run. But am I right in feeling like the general consensus was like, ah, all right, Canada Cup, and where it was supposed to be a crash and burn and, and, and just a total pile up and a fire? Uh, what was the general consensus for Canada Cup after everything was said and done? I saw nothing but positive feedback, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like, I yeah, mean, well, stuff out of, outside of their control, like the monitors aside, like, I think everybody was pretty happy with it. And to Lap Cheese's uh, credit, like, he brought in Alex Valle as a consultant to make sure that the tourneys mm-hmm. run well. And Alex Valle is, like, the master of running stuff well at this point, I think. 
right? Yeah. So, like, good on him for, like, delegating and, like, going outside of the, like, calling for help in that sense. I think that's a very smart thing to do, and I think it paid off in that sense. So we'll see what happens with uh, Canada Cup 2020 if and when it happens. Yeah. No, I, I hope nothing for the best for them. And I think the location change probably didn't help either. Yeah, going from Toronto to Calgary. Nothing against Calgary, but Toronto is a very, very, a much, much, much larger city. Yeah. Uh, with a, a, a much, much, much larger seat. Yeah, also in Calgary that same weekend was the Canadian Rodeo Finals, which is the biggest uh, rodeo event in Canada. So that probably, what are you took, gonna do? That probably yeah. took away a lot of the people who were coming to an FGC event. They probably went there instead. This is a joke. <laughs> Uh, see, Ultra David said it was a lot of fun. So, good on them. Good on them. Uh, it's always cool to see people uh, actively trying to improve their craft of organizing tournaments. Uh, did we want to say anything else about Canada Cup before we moved on? I think I think I'm ready to move on. Okay, cool. Uh, oh, uh, there's not going to be any better time to say this now. Uh, earlier, we were talking about Fudo getting married. Uh, Bonchan's a dad. A double yeah. dad. A double dad. Dang, he had twins? He did? Shit. <laughs> Congratulations to Bonchan. Uh, we're, we're all growing up, man, except for me. I'm very childish. I'm still a 12-year-old boy up here. Did you hit that part where you start going backwards? I, think uh, I, did, yeah. I haven't gone full Benjamin Button quite yet. Getting close, though. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, um, so uh, let's talk about Smash. Because everybody loves Smash. Um, Smash Ultimate. Everybody loves Smash. Smash Ultimate has officially passed Street Fighter 2 for the best-selling fighting game of all time. Everybody yeah. bow down to your Smash overlords. Yeah, this uh, was yeah. official as of September 30th in the... Uh, excuse me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, with, their, right. with their most recent uh, financial report, uh, Smash 15.7, if I remember correctly. 15.7 uh, million? Yeah. Sheet. That's that's a good chunk of change right there. And that's yeah, 15.71 okay. in a year, uh, surpassing Street Fighter 2's 15.5. Uh, which includes all of the re-releases. Dang. That's that's so. a wallop. That's a wallop. But a, lo a lot of people just played Street Fighter in the arcades because it was a different time. So their numbers are wonky. No, used to Smash, had, it's not a... Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not, I'm not worried about it. You still had, like, how many millions of copies by, bought for the Genesis for the Super Nintendo? Mm -hmm. like, I, I owned it on the Genesis. I made sure I got the six-button controller so I didn't have to press start to switch between punches and kicks. Yeah, dude, that six-button Genesis controller is the shit. It's the stuff I grew it up with. It was such a godsend. Yeah. But yeah, you know, this is meaningful. Yeah. You know, maybe it's more meaningful. Maybe we're putting more meaning on it than we should, but... No, I it, mean, it's, it's, it's significant, I think. Yeah. Um, and if anything, it's like, look... Uh, I'm not a fan of this weird divide that we have between the Smash community and the FGC. I honestly think 
like whatever the beef is and i'm honestly like it's just to me it's like some arbitrary like i don't like how your game plays so i'm not gonna talk is there a divide even uh finish your finish your point though because i don't want to well i mean all i'm saying is like man like enough with like i I, yeah we're joking about it every once in a while but it's like dude like like, well i I feel like there's i think i do think that this divide did originate with the melee stuff right because melee kind of did their own thing Right, uh, especially with the game as old as Melee, uh, and people kept it going for so long until it blew up. Um, so I, I do understand, I guess, that little bit of a rift where like Melee started its own thing, and now like kind of like trying to mash everything together, it's going to be a little painful. Um, but the thing with Smash Ultimate, man, it's like I think I think we should just embrace everything and put everything together, and everyone be happy. And I've said this before. I think a lot of the conflict is due to. Re- you have so many games that you know have the attendance and the interest uh, deserving of main event status, you know. And there's only so much stream time. There's only so many setups. There's only so much uh, room for scheduling. There's only so much. And these venues and tournaments that want to include both, they have to oftentimes prioritize one over the other. Mm-hmm. So there's always that, you know, maybe not intentional, but there's always that amount of competition there, much more so than between, uh, you know, there, there's still that level of competition between games themselves within the traditional FGC. But because the Smash scene has grown up so, you know, separately yeah. from the rest of the FGC, that conflict is much more uh, visual. It's much more... Uh, forefront in our minds yeah and look, yeah I, oh, go ahead i'm sorry i already said well, i was just gonna say that i i think that a lot of this divide is more prominent and and well on like social media and you know and streams and stream chats and such like we all love to smash people smell and and they're all kids and whatever and smash is not a fighting game those are kind of like memes that float around but when push comes to shove it's like you're still having smash at your events right and i and i appreciate that the point that you brought up, Steve, in that, well, maybe there's actual kind of, you know, something of a conflict when you actually get down to, well, stream time and things like that. I think those would be better platforms to say that there's an actual real potential issue between like, you know, the two scenes, but real, realistically, I've never actually seen there be much of a divide outside of things that people will say on social media. It feels pretty superficial beyond that to me. Yeah. I, I, I feel like it's much more amplified on social media but I, 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 it does exist to some degree. It absolutely sure. does exist. Is it, is it hindering um, either side's progress forward or anything along those lines? That's, I guess, when it would start to go off on, on my radar. It's, as not, such. More, it's not more hit. than it should, but probably not as much as some people think. Yeah, I, mm. I don't think hindering is necessarily the right word, but I think if we were to let go of that divide, I think everybody would grow to get like a rising tide raises all ships. You feel me? I feel you. Two head, two brains are better than one. Are you playing John Lennon right now in my headphones? No. Is that what that is? But anyway, uh, yeah, I just wanted to say that piece. Um, let's move on because we're, we're, we're coming down on the time. Uh, speaking of Smash, uh, Terry Bogart, they're going to show him tomorrow. At, uh, yeah. the, if I, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the first time like there's actually a stream, right? A live stream. Where they're doing it, it's not like a pre-recorded thing. 
and they're showing them for 45 minutes. It's usually just like 20 or 25 or so. So Dang. he's getting special treatment. Oh, it is pre-recorded. Okay. Uh, well, either way, uh, be on the lookout for Terry Bogart in Smash. Speaking of new characters, though, uh, we did get a couple of other uh, things that were released uh, over the weekend. Uh, at the Soul Calibur finals, we got a uh, we got we got an announcement, and some yeah. people are happy, some people are pissed. This is what it is. Let's let's watch this trailer together. Yes. Man, every time I see the Bandai Namco, <laughs> I'm sorry, chat. That was very loud. Uh, yeah, like I don't see like Kazuya and uh, or Jin and what's his name like punching each other. It's very bizarre. Anyway, I turned it down. Fucking relax over there, all right? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway, I heard you say gonna... something, and then I'm, like, watching the chat for the reactions 10 seconds later. <laughs> that uh, is going to be fun to edit uh, once we get uh, to the audio version. It's fine. But uh, Hildy is back, and people were not a big fan of Hildy in Soul Calibur Five because she was the she was kind of the Elena of Soul Calibur Five, if I'm not mistaken. She had... She could basically ring you out from almost anywhere, and it was pretty easy to do. Yeah. She was getting booed out the building uh, during Evo Grand Finals. Oh, it's four. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's right. It was four. Yeah. My bad. I apologize. Uh, but either way, she's back. Uh, she looks good. I mean, she she's like a super unique character because she's got, like, you know, the outside and the inside games going. Um, and she is the first uh, character from the Season 2 to be announced. So uh, I'm assuming they're probably going to release Haomaru next. Uh, yeah, she's so she's the first, and then he's the second as far as the graphic goes that they show for it. I right? believe so. Yeah. But yeah, uh, but I think she looks badass, man. I think this game looks badass. It's a shame that there's not more uh, of it to go around in the competitive sense. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, there he is. He's second for sure. Super cool. Uh, yeah, season two coming soon. So everybody, uh, be on the lookout for that. Could be a good time. Word. Yeah. All right, Word. now let's get to the real shit. I've been waiting for this the entire show. Let's watch this trailer. Wait, did I turn this down? Uh oh. Okay, I did turn this one down. Good. All right, we're okay. <laughs> so, so this is. Here we go. So this was. Oh, oh the... who's that? Wait, that character was that slot was announced at Southeast Asia Majors. But who character? Oh, is that the Billy Idol lookalike? Chips enough? Oh, who called that guy out? Uh, hmm. I don't know. Now Ooh. we can't hear it at all. Are you serious? I'm sorry. I turned it up a little bit. But either way, uh, there's Chip. The redesign looks fucking dope, dude. I was not a big. Fa I'm not a big fan of Chips enough to be honest. I hate fighting him. He's a bad matchup for Heyun. Uh, but holy crap, he looks fucking cool. Oh my god. The, you're not going to let this go. But it's good that Detective Elon is back on the menu. Yeah. But no, there's more. Oh. They skipped one for Southeast Asia Major, so they decided to announce both of them. And all of these will be a, a, uh, playable in the demo, uh, the location test that they're having at the Arc Revo Finals. Big old yeah, Potemkin. Somehow he's bigger than before. <laughs> they also released the full song, which is probably the most important thing for Guilty yes. Gear. Yeah, but yeah. we can't listen to it in the U.S. 
Yes, we can. On Spotify, yeah, I listened to I it this to, morning. I tried to log into Spotify to listen to it. I couldn't do it. I mean, it's, it's on, YouTube. on YouTube too. Oh, well, officially okay. now. Okay. But yeah, I had a bunch of people listening on Spotify. That it's funny, you know. They put out two new songs for the trailer the second they announced they released the bullshit blazing that we've all been asking. It's like they're drip feeding us. They're yeah. they're trying to keep us hooked. Yeah, dude, and uh, they're doing such a good job. I was just talking with Steve beforehand. Like, I have my degree in music, and dude, uh, Daisuke, whoever's writing these, like, actually knows music theory. It's kind of crazy. The other oh, he's thing, super into it. Yeah. The other thing, did you notice that Potemkin, when he super uh, atomic busters you or whatever it's called, you like he takes you to the fucking heaven. Like he takes you up so goddamn high, there's gods, and then you die. Shit's crazy. <laughs> But yeah, like, dude, I gotta be honest, man. All of these redesigns for this new game look fucking good. Like, this game looks so good. It's, it's, we've learned the power of the uh, production release, right? The showing your game as it's still in development and what that can do. Just ask Chun-Li and Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite um, to your game. And you see Guilty Gear taking all the right steps so far. Everything looks absolutely beautiful. If they released it tomorrow with the way it looks right now, I think everyone would just be excited. The music's great. The The way they're releasing characters, it keeps that like kind of sine wave of hype going. Uh, it's still early, but everything so far is looking really good for Guilty Gear 2020. Yeah. Although, I'm, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm pretty sure we're going to say the same thing, so let's say it. Uh, no. Three. I, One, okay. two, three. People are complaining There's no about chip the life cards. <laughs> okay, we were not going to say the same thing. <laughs> or chip outs, yeah. But it has so to do with life cards. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, so uh, they had a stream. Uh, if I'm not wrong, it was right after Canada Cup uh, ended. Uh, they went on stream, and they were showing some of the uh, some of the gameplay live on air on Twitch. Um, some people were complaining about the graphics, even though they're clearly fucking placeholders. People were bitching about how bad the UI looks. It 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 looks bad, you know. It's a placeholder. I, I well, here's the thing. Yeah, it looks like a placeholder, but I'm afraid, like, if nobody said anything, they wouldn't put any any uh, attention on it because it looks you. like one of those. You know, when you're watching an anime and they create a fake fighting game. Yeah. It looks like basically the design from that. Yeah, there, there are a couple. There are a couple aspects I'm I'm I might grow to like, like the character portrait being right at the edge of the life bar, so it moves closer to the center as you take damage. That seems interesting. Hmm. Uh, the combo counter looks weird, but it could grow on me. I'm not sure, but. Every time, I, I, every time Kai does a fucking DP, he flashes black, which I'm pretty sure is not final. It's a placeholder. Uh, but there, uh, we can argue about this shit all day. At the end of the day, it's a placeholder. Everybody chill the fuck out. All right? If it's not a placeholder, I'll eat my shoe. It's over there. Clip yeah, it. I'll clip it. <laughs> but, but those complaints aside, that's more superficial stuff. Uh, there are... There are some uh, more substantial issues that a few people have uh, because they started talking about the uh, mechanics themselves. Mm -hmm. And there was there. This game is going to have a, a few things simplified in comparison to 
uh, previous Guilty Gear games. First off, like wake up timing is the same for everybody. Mm-hmm. Off the top of my head, uh, there are no more dead angles. Mm-hmm. You can use Roman cancels uh, during block strings as in place of dead angle. Uh, what else off the top of my head? There, uh, so there are no more. A, Go ahead. General emphasis on shorter combos. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's shorter combos. Uh, the um, the Roman canceling is a little bit different. Uh, instead of uh, when you Roman cancel in the current iterations of Guilty Gear, uh, the entire game goes into slow motion except for the person who Roman canceled. Now, it doesn't slow down the entire game. It only slows down the other – like for the person who activated it, it only slows down their opponent if it's like within a specific radius of them. And we saw that, and they had, like, a giant fucking clock that counted down, like, their stun time or whatever. Yeah. Um, But the other thing, too, is, uh, and this is kind of important, uh, they have English voiceover for the first time in a long time in Guilty Gear. Uh, You know. There's that. Yeah. uh, There's also no chip kills, uh, which, uh, never mind. Uh, So there's no chip kills. Uh the uh faulty defense is now it works different uh if i if i recall correctly it's uh it either doesn't push your enemy back or it does push the enemy back but something else happens uh, it doesn't uh it doesn't uh push back there we go yeah it or doesn't wait. push it doesn't push back and um uh what was the other thing oh perfect blocks now don't give you frame advantage they just give That's, you meter. yeah that yeah, that was the thing I was thinking. So it's it's very bizarre because we're seeing uh, – it. Uh, this is so reminiscent of the first time that we saw and got our hands on in Street Fighter V from Street Fighter IV, it, right? You can't combo uh, – you can't do, like, big hit confirms from light buttons. Uh, you can't uh, you can't do, like, half of the stuff that was very prevalent in, like, the earlier iterations of the game. Uh, and they, they've been saying this for the entire time. It's like, this is going to be a new game. We're not, like, taking uh, – we're not, like, keeping it true to the older ones. We're trying something new, blah, blah, blah. But it's so interesting to me that the transition seems to be almost, like, verbatim. The exact same transition from 4 to 5 and the exact same transition from Mortal Kombat 10 to Mortal Kombat 11. So I just put a link in the chat. Uh, it is a YouTube video made by Hi Fight, who, if you're not following him, I'm good. Uh, it sort it's a sort of summary from the stream of most of the major changes that they na- announced uh, for the game. So it's about ten minutes. Definitely check it out if you have a chance. Um, yeah. Also, it was faultless defense, not faulty defense. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Kill. How Sorry. dare you? Yeah. Go on though. <laughs> uh, but it, you know, all of these changes. It feels very much like it's in the vein of what we saw with Street Fighter V, what we've seen with a lot of new games coming up where uh, there's an emphasis on lowering the barrier to entry in different ways. And for some people, that's great. Some people, like myself included, feel like that's a good thing to get more people into the scene in order to, you know, not just so we grow to have a bigger number, but because more people won't just say, okay, you know, this game is too complex. But you also have those who 
feel like the difficulty, you know, those are part of the game. That's part of the challenge. It's what they enjoy, or at least part of what they enjoy about fighting games. And especially for Guilty Gear fans. Mm -hmm. And them seeing some of that stuff go away, it's very jarring. It it it, it is going to push push away some of the series core fans. The question is, will it bring in and keep enough new fans uh, to make up for that? Yeah, and you know, there's something that uh, I believe I think it was Keats that said on Twitter that kind of like changed my mind a little bit. Uh, so I was I was like initially kind of bummed out that all of these changes are coming to Guilty Gear just because like. For me, Guilty Gear is, like, doing crazy fucking combos and, like, getting all this crazy shit to happen, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, so when I was seeing, what like, how the new game looks, wow, it looks amazing. And, uh, oh, another thing, too, uh, that I forgot to mention is the wall breaks. Now Guilty Gear has wall breaks. And I'm not entirely sure uh, about this, but I was just thinking about this today before we started the show. Uh the way wall breaks work is I think you get a couple wall bounces when you put your opponent in the corner, and then once the wall breaks, I think you go back to neutral, much like uh, Dragon Ball Z when you get the yes. change. So, like, yeah, the, the character who and who uh, has the put their opponent to the wall does get a meter boost, like a meter building boost, but the situation does reset to neutral. Yeah. It feels like they're trying to take away with that a lot of things. They're trying to take away a lot of set play. Mm -hmm. They're mm -hmm. trying to reward more neutral, landing the first big hit, and not necessarily having to go like a twenty hit combo to get all the damage out of it. Yeah, um, but you know, at the end of the day, this is sorry. This is the point I was getting to. Uh, is Keats wrote uh, something on Twitter that like kind of hit me hit me hard because I was just thinking about uh, you know the new Guilty Gear and how it's not not like the older ones and it kind of is deviating it's like at the end of the day we can go back and play the old guilty gears if we want like they're trying to do something new i don't think we should like yeah if we disagree with what they're doing i think that's fine but at the end of the day it's like i think we should still give it a try and see how it goes mm -hmm. you feel me like it could be it could be the best fucking game ever we don't know we haven't gotten our hands on it we won't know until uh what two weeks from now when arc Revo world tour finals hits or yeah. is it next week week and a half week and a half yeah. So, so, yeah, yeah. It's it's it it's going to be very interesting to see because this, for a lot of people, confirms what they wanted to see out of this series, and it also confirms a lot of what some people were afraid of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and oh, uh, the other thing too is if you noticed while they were uh, looking at character moves and everything there was a lot of explanation on there which is something that i think a lot of people have been wanting for guilty gear games it's like here's how this move works uh and granted in this uh rev 2 like there are mission modes that explain to you how to do all this stuff but it's very obscure and like you gotta sit through a lot of it uh before you get to what you really want to learn about right so uh i think the fact that they're coming out with like so much information about how a movie's used like how the developers meant for it to be used etc cetera, etc cetera, i think is going to be very important for how the game ships up yeah they also answered a few questions uh directly from chat and from uh some of the people that were in the american stream or the american studio including kizzy k uh they asked about danger time danger time is not returning mm-hmm uh, they they asked about netcode, uh, specifically rollback netcode or GGPO. 
They said it's something they're aware of, but they can't say anything about it right now. Okay. So mm-hmm. whether that means working on it or we don't want to answer this definitively yet is up in the air. Yeah. Uh, because, I, you know, that that's one of those things where I really, really hope they're able to to make that work. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, it's it's it, that's a that's an uphill battle. <laughs> And that's an uphill battle of the steepest of uphills, I think. I mean, the fact that it's being acknowledged is at least something. Is that being you acknowledged, know? though? It, they're acknowledging that people are wanting it. Okay. Which is an improvement from what most games would say, you know, even a few years ago. John, turn off your phone, dang it. But it's going to be, like I said, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Because this is going to be the first, I, I don't want to say it's the first game, first big game to come out, you know, that people are going to ask about Netcode. But it feels like over the last few months, mm-hmm. that has been such a hot topic. And this is going to be the first major title to come under those crosshairs yeah. since that, since that, you know, wave of the moon. Yeah, I mean, you know, we'll see. Um, I think at the end of the day, that's not their focus like if i'm trying to put myself into their shoes i think that might not be their focus to be completely honest um and i'll i'll be very surprised if like uh i i'll be i'll still be very surprised if like after the game releases like and down the line they start looking at it uh maybe like that's the only way i think i see this coming out but uh but yeah i mean like i said i don't think that's a big focus for them specifically because uh like like i think we've mentioned this when we had this conversation uh the way for us to get that change going is for people to not buy the game. But that's also very risky because if people don't buy the game, they could just say, okay, well, we're going to stop making it. Right. Uh, and and that's and that's not a selling point, you know, in year three. Yeah. Like how many people are going to say, oh, we've got rollback netcode. Now I'm going, that's the only thing that's preventing me from picking up Guilty Gear. Some people would say that, but I don't know if that number is going to be massive. Yeah, not enough to motivate the developers to make that change because of that. Yeah, and especially again, like these developers are in Japan, so for uh, them, like the Nesikar arcade cabinets work perfectly fine, right? So I don't know. So, it we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, yeah, but yeah. So for for people who want to get their hands on the game, or at least the demo version of the game, uh, if you go to Arc Revo America, I. Uh, not this weekend, but the next weekend, uh, you will have a chance to play the demo. And there's also going to be a closed beta at some point mm-hmm. in early 2020. Uh, they haven't announced all of the ways to get in on the demo, but they did say that everyone who plays the demo at Arc Revo uh, will, be, will be given a chance to uh, enter the closed beta mm-hmm. when that releases. So more motivation to check it out if you were not planning on doing so yeah that's pretty neat um yeah and i think this is the first time we're seeing a beta for guilty gear 2 like i if i remember like i think on console they released exerd as a demo right yeah there there, yeah there was the demo and that was it but there wasn't like a beta or maybe they're just calling it beta because that's the terminology we have for demos now, and I can go on a rant about how that's the stupidest thing ever. But you know. I, I, I think it's going to be like an actual beta. 
like an actual let's test the net code sort of beta. Hmm. But we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. Yeah, I mean, the fact that they're calling it a beta is hopefully good and not just the misnomer of how we use that term now. We'll see what happens. Um, yeah, uh, apparently Street Fighter Six is coming out in about 10 years, according to Ono. I just wanted to bring that one up. Uh, so Let's see. 10 more years of Street Fighter Five, everybody. Uh, well, you gotta we'll tell be... them what that the context of that. Yeah, so Boss Logic, uh, who is a Photoshop graphic designer extraordinaire, uh, put out a graphic of a six with the very end of the six being reused glove. Uh, basically, just saying like, "Oh, I'm, I'm excited for this if it's a possibility." Wait. It also came with the text on the tweet that he put it out with. Um, it said hashtag SF six soon exclamation point so yeah go ahead yeah well i mean you know that's what he wants right i think that's... and there was also a, a ps5 logo at the bottom of the of the poster which is not the correct ps5 logo because the five is definitely not the same font as the p or the s much like the mm-hmm. marvel versus capcom one that came out a couple right. weeks ago that uh, we're gonna completely ignore yeah uh but uh so yeah no came out and said yeah well <laughs> not yet it's too soon we'll wait about 10 years yeah so Street Fighter V is still the game of choice. It will be at Evo Japan. That just got announced mm-hmm. today. Um, so, yeah, if you were wondering about the game being left out of that lineup, not going to happen. Street Fighter V at Evo Japan. Yeah. And uh, we also got Evo dates, right? Uh, yeah, that was announced uh, last week. So that will be the last weekend of August back at Mandalay Bay. So, uh was it that in late this year? I thought it was last weekend or of July. Last weekend of July. Okay. I'm sorry. Into August, right? It's like yes. July 30th. Yeah, yeah. July 31st through August 2nd okay. at yeah. Mandalay Bay. Okay, I was so. about to say, that's really late. Uh, what? Evo used to be in, what, like June, and then they shifted it back to July? Or what happened? Because I remember there was... It was, it was June. early June. It was early July. Yeah. Oh, okay. And now it's late July? Early to mid-July, and then they moved it to August. Okay. Last. Yeah, I remember so, it coincided remember, with CEO in a way. Yeah, it, it was sort of like you had that run of combo breaker at the end of May, CEO at the end of June, and then Evo sort of a few weeks after that. Mm. So it's the big gauntlet, the three premieres, the three majors. Um, I do believe that is it for all the topics we had. Did we want to talk about anything else before we go? Uh no. Uh, next weekend we're going to be doing a little. Or next week's episode will be a little different. Uh, we'll have more details on that as we get closer. So be sure to follow us on Twitter. Yep. Uh, I won't be here, so Godspeed. Yeah. So that's the. Uh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So be on the lookout for next year. I saw a couple of the notes, and I think it's going to be a good one. I'm excited to watch it from wherever I'm at. State. I don't think I can talk about it yet, but oh well. Uh, cool trying to think if there's anything else we need to talk about before i sign off but i don't think there is so ultra chen up next oh yeah ultra chen uh i was gonna leave that for a little bit um oh that's right Uh, i was right about chip that's what i was forgetting about (laughs) ggs everybody (laughs) good night canada all right uh we're gonna go now (laughs) all right everybody we'll talk to you uh everybody else will talk to you next week we'll be back with the regular show a couple weeks from now so until then here's the outro (laughs) We'll <laughs>